Hi, I'm Steve Joel. Thanks for listening to this episode of my podcast series that celebrates the people who've changed the way we play or paint or consume Warhammer 40,000. These are the game changers. This week, something different. Something that takes us to a much darker place than usual. You know, I don't like to talk about it, but I, I mean, I got death threats and I had people who were, you know, who were supposed to be friends that, you know, were basically messaging me, tell me they would never speak to me again. It was just a very odd situation. In this episode, I'm speaking to arguably the most vilified person in the game over the past 12 months, a man who was caught cheating. And to be clear, I'm not here to excuse that behaviour or to defend it. And neither is he. You know, a lot of the 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 stuff, you know, I uh, was very adamant that I never wanted to basically... You know, make excuses. Nobody wants to hear my excuses, you know, one way or the other. What I'm hoping to do in this conversation is just this. Allow us to see more of the story than one Reddit post. I'm wondering if maybe there's room to go deeper than cheap shots on Facebook. Maybe if we heard more of the story, got to see some of what happened in the lead up to that game and what's happened since... If we had a little context, maybe it would help. We're looking at the big picture. The player in question is, of course, TJ Lanigan. I don't want anybody, anybody's sympathy about it. I don't want anybody to feel, you know, that uh, people were too hard on me or anything like that. This is the first time TJ has spoken publicly about what happened and what has gone on since then. It's worth telling you that he was very clear about one thing when he agreed to the interview. He wants no favours. He is willing to work hard to earn back the respect that he has lost. And under no circumstances did he want to offer excuses. There were, though, some things going on that it might be worth knowing about. And we'll get to that soon. First, though, in case you missed it, in April last year at the Fabricators Forge GT... TJ Lanigan was playing against Steve Batos in round four, Chaos versus Orcs. And there is clear video evidence of TJ rolling too many dice, rolling behind terrain, claiming a re-roll he wasn't entitled to, and not counting enough wounds on a Plague Burst crawler. Uh, boy, it had three from the explosion. How many has he got? That was uh, he's up seven, to, he's five, up to, He's up to 11 12. right now. He's a 12-winner. Yeah, but you did, you did but it's, minus, it's, it's minus one damage for everything you're doing. Right, two. So it's... Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's what I'm saying. So, so that went to four. Okay. Right, yeah. So he's got one wound left. Damn. The video was viewed in high definition and edited to show only the moments in which TJ was in the wrong. And that is all that a lot of people have seen of this based on a video watched at high definition over and over by one person edited down and posted on reddit tj lanigan was banned from events in the area stripped of his itc points and they're not allowed to earn any more points for the remainder of the itc season he was talked about he was joked about he became the subject of memes and is still being told nearly a year later by many that he should have been banned for life there is genuine anger about this but again when we spoke on the phone last week he was very clear no excuses in fact he's been very clear on that since day one i've done hours of research for this episode i've read countless posts from people on social media and looked in as many places as i can online and outside of one attempt at an apology i couldn't find one single time in which TJ Lanigan tried to deny or defend or make excuses for anything that happened that day. No matter what he was called, no matter what was said about him, no matter the bait that was offered, TJ Lanigan never once rose to it as far as I can tell. So this interview is his first chance to speak. Yeah, thanks for having me. 
In this episode, we'll also hear from some people who can give us a better idea of what TJ was like before the incident, how he's coped since, and why him. When other players have been caught, some more than once, why is he the one that became the focus of so much anger? But let's start with the man himself and what was going on for him, where he was and what was happening when all this first blew up. Uh, so I was home. Um, I was. Uh, I actually had a COVID at that time. Um, I didn't know it until afterwards, but uh, so I guess uh, I contracted it. Um, I think Friday is when I, I had it. So Saturday and Sunday it was all messed up, and then I missed a whole bunch of work um, during it. So uh, kind of just at home inside my brain while everything was happening. So. During the tournament itself, you know, when all the decisions are being made and, you know, there's video cameras on you and stuff like that, where was your head at? I was just playing a game, you know. Uh, I was tired. Um, you know, a lot of the 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 stuff, you know, I uh, was very adamant that I never wanted to basically, you know, make excuses. Nobody wants to hear my excuses, you know, one way or the other. Um, you know, some of this stuff uh, from people who were there, you know, the judges, my opponent and things like that, you know, there there is explanations for everything but we don't have a system in the game right now where we just you get a foul you get you know a a fine or a foul or something like that so i wanted to be as upfront and adamant as possible that like yeah mistakes were made i made mistakes during that game anything that's not allowed in a tournament setting or even in a you know a casual setting is is right now no other word for it is cheating so I wanted to be, you know, completely upfront about it. And I wanted to, you know, I have never gone online and defended myself, no matter how bad the comments got or, you know, what people said. It's just not not what I wanted to do or not how I wanted to approach things. So, um, you know, during the game, my opponent had a good time. The judge didn't see anything um, that would warrant any problems. Um, so, yeah, it was just a normal game. Uh, you know, made a couple mistakes due to, you're being tired and not understanding um, what was going on. And uh, yeah, I just finished the game, you know, uh, and it's, it's interesting because, you know, um, people were like, you know, blatantly cheating and all this other stuff, but like whoever watched that video, whoever did that Reddit post, like there was some intense video watching that had to be done, rewatching and watching that clip over and over again. It wasn't something that you, that you catch, um, right to begin with. And, you know, um, to people who said, you know, I uh, cheated because I wanted to win that game. It's interesting to note that the next game, which was also on stream, I literally give the win to my opponent by explaining, you know, like, Hey man, if you move that model off that objective, I'll hold more then I'll score more. And then I'll, I'll win the game by one. You know, it, it's how I play. I'm, easy going i let people take things back you know i I don't um you know i don't get hyper competitive about things you know i always want my opponents to have a good time it would be easy to think that that's the kind of thing a lot of players say about themselves so let's do some fact checking that final game that tj mentioned was on stream and the exact moment he just mentioned was talked about on the Can Hammer podcast just a couple of days later. I happened to be a guest on that episode of that podcast. And when we brought up the subject of top players behaving as good sports, Nick from Can Hammer said this. Yeah, that kind of style is characters a lot of players because even just recently, TJ Lanigan, another one of the like the elite players, was playing at a GT um, on it was streamed on, on like Fabricators Forge, and this, we're talking last game he's playing Dark against Dark Eldar with his Chaos, so it's not an easy match. And like he goes first, so that's not good for him. And it's on the long board edge, uh, or it's like uh, Hammer and Anvil, whatever style, not good for him. Blah blah blah. And you're talking like the last turn of the game, the Dark Eldar player goes and he's like, Oh, I'm gonna move this Cabalite off an objective to go do this, blah blah blah. And he had mistakenly thinking that uh, he had mis- mistakenly thought that 
uh, he had enough objectives to, you know, cover the 15 points, whatever else. And TJ's like, hey, man, just letting you know, if you move that Cavalier Warrior, whatever it is, off the objective, you lose the game. And so TJ loses the game because he tells them that. And TJ, it's not because TJ was like surprised. Oh my God, oh, that lost me the game. No, TJ knew full well that he was going to lose the game. We'll come back to this a little later. There are other moments from that same tournament that no one bothered to edit into the much seen video of TJ. Maybe because it didn't fit the narrative of a top player behaving badly. Maybe. But for now, the fallout. Okay, so all of this goes down, then there's the statement from the ITC and the TOs and suddenly shit gets real. And uh, How hard was that to go through, man? Uh, so, you know, interesting uh, quote, actually, um, that somebody said uh, the other day, because, uh, you know, like I said, people post all the time about me, um, was, man, you know, TJ must really love this game because I don't know how he does it the shit that he goes through on a regular basis. Like just imagine for a moment that every time you go to an event, people are talking behind your back. Every time you finish well in an event, people write and lists, you know, uh, comments on Reddit about it. You know, every time that you do literally anything, their explanation for why you were doing well at a game that you previously have had zero blemishes, never had a bad a yellow card, a red card, disqualified for event, never had any kind of scandals or anything, their response to you doing well at any event now is, well, he's cheating, obviously. That's how he's doing well. You know, um, I uh, am able to still go to my local events and play in my events from TOs who have known me for a while, and not locally because there's nothing around. You know, there's nothing local, local. So I drive hours to play some of these events. And, you know, the TOs there still allow me to play in these events. So um, it, it's just been uh, very difficult uh, to continue to do what I do. And sometimes it gets me down, you know, like way, way down um, where I just feel like maybe I should stop doing what I'm doing. And then thankfully, you know, friends and my support system, you know, pulls me back up and tells me, you know, you do it because you love it. You know, you do it because you, you really enjoy the game. I enjoy making content. I enjoy playing the game itself. I like uh, hanging out with my friends who also play the game. I enjoy hobbying um, as well. So, I mean, it's just, uh, I, I guess it's just something I will always be dealing with that I will continue to deal with and not say anything about it. This seems like a good time to introduce Dominic Metzger. Dom is the TO at the Fabricators Forge. It was his video that was edited, his tournament that was in the spotlight. So let's get his perspective on what happened. So once I posted the videos and the recap, everything sort of blew up with people diving into the videos and uh, in my opinion, nitpicking. Um, things that TJ did that came across as either uh, cheating or just grossly negligent in his playing. During the game, there were no problems, such as his opponent was very happy with the game. His opponent didn't see any problems. Everything was more of something that came later. Normally, in the past, I would... I don't know, not necessarily take Reddit as seriously. But in this case, the evidence of my own video was fairly serious. And it was also the first GT of um, the new Northeast 40K circuit. So I brought it up with the other TOs in the circuit, and we couldn't just let it go. Uh, we had to do something. So... It was frustrating that I had to do something in terms of he's a friend. I have no problem with en enacting uh, any kind of punishments for infractions. But at the end of the day, I didn't consider TJ to be doing anything intentionally. But during 40K games, a lot goes on, and he should have known the wound count of his vehicles better. 
and he should have been rolling in a spot that wasn't hard to see. So that's that's on him. But I never it never came across as intentional. And his opponent, his opponent was very happy with the game. Why, TJ? There are other players who've been caught doing things, and there are some players, not that we're going to name any names, who you could even say are repeat offenders. TJ got caught doing something one time, or at least in one game. Why do you think he has attracted such anger and such vitriol compared to other players? Yeah, that's a complicated uh, question and answer. I think TJ is a extremely good player. He's also a very easy player to play with. He tends even in high even in high stakes tournament games, he takes his time to almost not necessarily help his opponents, but not but help them not feel like they've been gotcha'd or you know, he doesn't really get angry during games. So he's pretty easy to play with. And everyone likes to at least during eighth edition when he was gunning for first place, um, everyone likes to see see a top person fall. And I think a lot of it is just the just 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 the just the spectacular nature of seeing a top person get uh, I don't know a little bit destroyed by the the mob in a way. If it was me in that situation, if I made a mistake, got caught on camera and their names were being called or things were being said, I just don't know how I would come back from that the way you have, uh, you know, seeing you play at the LVO. Like when this all first blew up, man, I just, that must have been crushing. It was bad. It was real bad. You know, you take, um, I don't know, you take anybody else's, I'm not going to compare this to sports, but if you think about any, you know, major sports player, uh, you know, it, it was kind of like that, uh, where basically all their accolades and everything they had done for their entire career basically just goes, well, they were on steroids. So that's why they did so well. And it's just like immediately, you know, uh, the, the, the slate was wiped clean. Everything that I ever did, every event I ever went to, I was on camera for multiple events, multiple GTs wins, you know, uh, like you said, I played for, you know, Team Canada uh, for, you know, the WCC, which is now the ETC. Um, but all that's forgotten immediately. So it, it was very, it was, it was just a rough time. You know, I got, um, you know, I don't like to talk about it, but I, I mean, I got death threats and I had people who were, you know, who were supposed to be friends that, you know, were basically messaging me, tell me they would never speak to me again. It was just a very odd situation. Um you know, but I try to, I try to stay positive. I try to, you know, uh, keep going. Um, because you know, I, I don't know anything else to do. You know, I, I just want to play the game, you know? Yeah. And I know you don't want to talk about it. And so I doubly appreciate the fact that you are talking about it and we will get to the positive, I promise, but I read there were death threats and that's something that when I read it, I thought that can't be right. This is a hobby. This is Warhammer 40,000, you know. People get grumpy about the price of models or the fact that they haven't had new Eldar for however long or that Chaos is one wound instead of two. These Marines should be two wounds. All of that. People get grumpy about that. But death threats, that's just... Yeah, it was um, it was wild. It was, uh, it was a crazy time. Uh, I was getting personal messages on my personal Facebook page, not even like my my group Facebook page. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just, um, just tons of things going on in my brain thinking to myself, you know, like I'm just going to stop playing. That's like clearly, you know, the, the only thing that's going to, you know, make this situation, you know, uh, go away. But then, you know, I, like I said, I talked to some people about it and, you know, I was, uh, reminded how much I enjoy this game. You know, yeah. I uh, reminded the friends that I've made and the, you know, the commitments and sacrifices I make just to play this game on a regular basis. And, uh, you know, I was able to be like, all right, we're going to not deal with any of the negative. We're just going to try to be upfront about, you know, what's going on and try to just not talk about it. I don't, like I said, I don't want anybody, anybody's sympathy about it. I don't want anybody to feel, you know, that uh, people were too hard on me or anything like that. I, you know, 
took my punishment. I, I just would like to, you know, re-enter society uh, as a normal yeah. 40K competitive player. And, um, you know, uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, I mean, I, I took an extended break off. You know, the ITC ban was the first time I've ever seen them do that public, um, publicly. And they've said they've done that before to other people, but never publicly, um, which is, the whole thing was very interesting, um, like I said, due to the fact that, like, I, I have never had any yellow cards, red cards, you know, scandals, uh, bad, you know, other bad looks within the game or anything like that. It was, you know, first strike and you're way, way out. So I took a step back, took a couple of months off, which was longer than the ban that they had on me. I didn't even attend any um, FLG events until Vegas. I took the entire year off from all FLG events. I didn't go to Atlantic City, which is a couple hours away from me, which would have been an easy drive for me to go to. You know, I didn't go to SoCal. I didn't go to New Orleans or any of the other events. Um, and then I basically started reaching out to, you know, TOs and asking them, hey, is it okay if I come to your event? You do not have to say yes. You're not obligated. I just want to make sure that that's okay. You know, I reached out to games workshop and made sure that it was okay that I went to their event as well. I did the same thing to Reese for Vegas, you know, but, um, you know, I try to make sure that people are as comfortable with playing me and being around me as possible. Um, you know, so I was wearing a camera before to do, um, you know, a chess camera to do basically gaming commentary, which started when my, when my channel picked up and, uh, you know, I continue to wear that, and, um, you know, on a, on a game-to-game basis. Uh, I have, you know, implemented, I've got a dice tray now. It goes, in, you know, it uh, goes somewhere that they can see it. I roll dice in front of them. I have cards for all my stratagems. You know, things that I was doing before basically got ticked up to the next level, you know, as, as on, you know, above board as humanly possible, you know, uh, for me. So, you know, when I mess up a rule, I take the detriment, whatever it is, you know, even if it's something stupid, like I forget to hold an objective with the model or I explain that I'm going to move something and I, you know, I do it the wrong way. I just, and the first one to go, nope, you're right. I messed that up. I'm not going to fix it. It's fine. It's my mistake. Not a big deal. Yeah. I want to pick up on a couple of things there. One is, the comparison to sports people, because I've, I've read this again, you know, you see things, you see people post stupid crap all the time on Facebook and Reddit and Twitter and everywhere else. Best to stay away from it, probably. But uh, read, a, read a comparison to Ben Johnson. And I'm like, <laughs> what you've just said makes perfect sense. That, you know, when someone's got a history of using steroids, that's something they have to do over a long period of time and build up and build up and build up. That's not something you make a mistake on the day and you accidentally inject steroids into your body and then you win the race. That's not how that works. So this that's not a valid comparison because we are talking about in this hobby, as you said, you've been on so many streams, on camera so many times. One time you got picked up, one time you got knocked out. Um. The other thing that I'd like to pick up on is that now you have to hey God, I just want people to understand if you're listening to this and you're listening to TJ speak and me as well. Try and understand what it's like. We play a complicated game. I was playing a game yesterday with a guy and probably three times he had to say, no, you can't do that. And I was like, oh God damn, you're right. I forgot. I forgot we're not in turn three yet. Or I picked up a three and uh, I needed fours. I picked up a three and put it with my stack of dice. He said, that's a three. Everybody does that all the time. Everybody. Imagine if you're in TJ's position and every time you make a tiny little mistake like that, people are going to be climbing on that bandwagon again. It's. I think it's super hard for anybody to imagine the position that you're in right now trying to get back into the game. What was the reception like for you at the LVO with the your other players and the and the people around you? I mean, obviously there was a Reddit post. There always is, you know, of me wearing the camera and basically someone saying that like FLG made me wear that camera for me to come back to the game, which obviously is not true at all. But that's, you know, we just, uh, like I said, I don't, I don't, no comments on Facebook. I don't go on Facebook and argue with people. It's just not, it's not worth it. People are entitled to their opinions. So, um, but uh, the reception was uh, mixed, you know, uh, comments like that was, are always uh they're always rough 
Um, but, uh, you know, I had other people play me, like my, my round one opponent played me, and he said, you know, I knew you were before we played, and uh, I'd like to tell you I, there were no problems. I had no issues at all. I had a good game against you. I had a great time. Awesome. Cool. And that is, when I leave the table now, that is the one thing that I ask my opponents. I said, uh, my little spiel, you know, I say in the beginning of the game, I say, hey, listen, you know, uh, these are the dice I roll for, you know, normal. These are the, these are only for wounds. There's only on the table to indicate wounds. Do you like me to count up? Do you like me to count down for wounds? We'll do that. Uh, you know, I was like, I have cards for all my spells. When I cast a spell, it'll go on the card. If it doesn't go off, it obviously will not be on the table. Um, I have my codex. I have stratagem cards. If you need to see them, you let me know. Uh, I will go very in-depth and explain my list, what it does, any of the stratagems or abilities I have. And then at the end of the game, the important part is, hey, man, I'm working on my, you know, my tabletop presence, my overall tabletop game. Was there anything I did during the game you thought I could explain better or done better? Uh, you know, and then after they tell me if they have any feedback at all. And I said, I'll tell them, I said, listen, any constructive feedback at all, anything you, anything you want to say can be mean, harsh, doesn't matter to me. I want to know something for me to work on. And then after that, I said, you know, did you have fun? Did you enjoy the game? Because that's important to me uh, when I play against people. Uh, you you can ask anybody, but when I get to a table, the first thing I say is, hey, man, I want to have a nice laid-back game. You know, I want us to be able to enjoy ourselves, but obviously we are playing for, you know, competitive stuff. You know, if you forget something, let me know. We can go back and fix it as long as it's not something crazy. And you can ask any of my opponents. I, I, I do it to everybody. So, um, but the reception was some of that and then some of, I can't believe he's here. I can't believe he's playing. Like, that's so ridiculous. And I've been told by multiple people that when anytime my face was even, you know, my visage on FLG, any of the streams or anything like that, people on stream were going crazy, you know. So it's a bit of a mixed bag, you know. Um, so I just try to, if I can just go to an event and change the minds of the five people that I play every event, that's 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 good for me. You, you touched on this earlier on, and I was going to ask the question anyway. But the more you talk, the more I feel like I want to come back to it. Why? Why would you keep going if you the shit you go through? Uh, and it, again, if I had just had to deal with that at the LVO, I would just go. I'm going to play Magic the Gathering or something. Do something else. You must have been tempted. Oh yeah. Hundred percent. I was uh, definitely in the beginning. It was it was very rough. You can you know any of my friends will tell you it was like I, I'm done. That's it. I don't want to do this anymore. You know, um, you know. Uh, and I didn't ask any of my friends to do anything for me. You know, I asked no one to stick up for me or stand up for me. But I didn't really get a lot of people who were like, I've played with TJ before. I never had a problem. Or I've played with TJ dozens of times and nothing's you know. This this is probably just a one-off. It's never really happened. You know, uh, I don't understand what the craziness is, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, I didn't have any of that. So it was very, very much, maybe we should just be done, you know. Uh, clearly no one really cares too much about it. Everyone's ready with the pikes to, you know, to pitchforks and, and, and get this stuff ready to go. So, you know, but uh, I, I just, I love the game, you know, when, when I look. And it's not the game the game the game right like i say the game uh, the things that happen during a game is what i enjoy i like hanging out with people i like using my brain to uh think of scenarios and situations out of difficult events you know it to me it's like a chess game so the more i get challenged the better that i play or the better i feel about the game i enjoy you know meeting new people to talk about things that they're passionate about i mean one of the best things about the hobby is how passionate most people are about the hobby you know i read i've read every horse heresy book uh, i i read the new one when it came out almost immediately uh the same week i had had already finished i got the book on tape and and went through it all so i mean i'm very much interested in the hobby itself i have thousands of points of, you know, I have almost every chaos model that I could ever want and, or there is even in the line. Um, you know, I own a huge NID collection. I've played NIDs for a very long time. And then lastly, it's my friends, right? The people that I met, the people I hang out with, this is where I see these people. So if I didn't play, how would I see these people? And I guess 
Lastly, it would be this, this thing can't be the end of the story, right? It can't be, that's it. This is who he is. This is who he was. And then he cowardly just left it, quit the game, never to play ever again. And, you know, that's my legacy is just, this is who I was up until this moment. And then everything got wiped clean and now I'm just a cheater. And that's how that is. So that couldn't have been the last thing for me. I can't let it be the last thing for me. When you when you're done with this hobby, you want it to be on a high, on a good note. You want people to remember good stuff. So, and and there's an element of there must also be an element of I'll show them, I'll show them that I can, you know, that this one incident is not going to be the defining moment of my life. Yeah, I mean that's uh, that's definitely was a part of it. It definitely uh, you know went to the front of my head when yeah. when you know when uh, I said I was going to keep playing. I you know I said I, I can't let people win angry people on the internet who want nothing you know nameless people that you're never going to meet you're never going to see i can't let people like that have that kind of a power to shut people down you know just make me stop playing just because i got my feelings hurt like i said if i go to an event and i make those five people that i play against think you know what i had a good game against tj no problems i don't really understand what the big deal is you know that i accomplish what I what I came to do. I had fun and I accomplished what I needed to do. Yeah. I want to uh focus on some positive. You're right. Angry people on the internet shouldn't win. That's just I feel like that should be the summation for almost everything in the world right now. Uh let's talk about your 40k friends. You've mentioned them a couple of times. Who are the people that kind of you fell back on or stuck by you? Who are the people that we should give shout outs to and props to for for having your back during this difficult time? I show my respect through loyalty. So when I was dealing with a lot of crazy stuff, some of the guys I had met, you know, only recently really stuck their neck out and uh, they continue to do so. And I really appreciate it. You know, you got people um, and I ended up joining their team just solely on that, on the fact that, you know, like I said, I, I reward loyalty and I, I want to be with people who make me a better person and make sure that I am, you know, trying to be positive and they're trying to be positive for me. So, you know, uh, my team, uh, team Vindicta, you know, uh, Anthony Vanilla just actually made the top eight at LVO. He's had a couple of good wins this year. I think he just had an article written about him or some of a portion of the article from games workshop. And, uh, he just got a podcast. Uh, he's been great. Brandon, one of our other teammates, he's really been uh, a source of, uh, positivity when I needed it. So that's been good. Uh, I have a couple friends uh, who are judges who basically, you know, made sure to make me aware of any issues that I might run into during any of my gameplays. Uh, people like uh, Brian Horton, who runs, uh, yeah. he's the head judge at uh, Music City. You know, he's uh, was at Vegas and stuff like that. You know, those people have been really um, influential and you know kept up the positivity. So uh, those people there have been very very positive. I have other friends too. You know, there's plenty of others, you know, um, who have reached out to me and said, Hey man, I just want to let you know, you know, you're still TJ. You know, I still, I still know who you are. Brian Horton mentioned by TJ there as someone who's reached out. Well, I was surprised. So I spoke to Brian, a well-respected, very experienced judge to ask him about TJ Lanigan. Sure. So I've been a judge for Warhammer 40,000 for more years than I can actually remember. Um, I am the head judge of the 40K side of Du Bois GT and organizer. Um, I was the head judge for the Atlantic City Open with Frontline Gaming. I just judged LVO. I also have a new GT that we're up and running uh, called the Salt City GT in Syracuse, New York. I've also helped out at Adepticon and will be judging the uh, 40K champs and the 40K teams events at Adepticon this year. So give me your impressions of TJ Lanigan before, during, after everything that is going on. Uh, I'm assuming you've had a little bit to do with him because you've been on the scene for a long time and so has he. Sure. So um, I met TJ a number of years ago at an event and we kind of hit it off, became uh, internet friends, I guess is the best way to put it. We chat 
here and there through instant messaging and things along that line. Um, I played a game with him, very clean, very fun game. Um, I've had him at several of my events prior to the incident and never had an issue. A um, couple minor rules clarifications that his opponents didn't understand some of the stuff he was doing because TJ is a good player. He understands the combinations of things you can do to make armies better. And when you play mostly RTTs and you go to your first GT and you haven't seen that kind of combination before, it catches you off guard and sometimes leaves people with bad feels, which gives them a bad impression of a player. Um, TJ, before this, he had a thing of he's very jittery at the table when he plays. And a lot of people just didn't like the energy that he exhumed. And he was a very confident person, which, you know, you have to kind of be to play at that level in any game. And sometimes that rubbed people the wrong way. But never had an issue with him as a judge. He was always a good player. Now, did he make a mistake in what he did? Absolutely. He owned up to it. He admitted to it. And since then, I was one of the first TOs to reach out to him and say, TJ, come to my event. I'm giving you the shot to redeem yourself here. And when he came up, he played our best local RTT player. Um, and I asked him after the game, I was like, how was the game? And the player was like, no, it's perfectly fine. He did everything. He rolled dice in front of me. He explained everything to me. When I had a rules question, I wanted to see something in his rule book. He showed it to me and explained it out to me. The fact that he's gone to wearing a body cam, rolling in a dice tray. He's doing everything to prove to people that he has changed, that he is not that person that that incident portrayed him as. And I think people need to give him the chance to overcome that incident. When the incident happened, uh, there were a couple of posts on a couple of websites, and I'm not going to name any, but uh, there were a couple of posts, particularly posts that said things like, we have heard that TJ is the kind of guy that gets gotchas. We have heard that TJ has a history of bad behavior. We have heard this. Now, I will say that none of the sites that I read these kind of things on ever had actual evidence or actual quotes or said any names or gave any specifics. They just said things like, we have heard that TJ does this sort of thing, is a bad player, is a bad opponent. What's your response to those very broad comments? I've never seen that as a player or as a PO to where people have had problems with him in the past. I said earlier that we would come back to that event, the April 2021 Fabricators Forge. I said we'd look again at the stream games that TJ was on. It took about 30 seconds for me to find an example of good sportsmanship. He allows a player to take back a mistake. He reminds another to hold an objective. In the final, which he loses, TJ is still being helpful. Yeah, I don't think I can ever deny you your back objective. Yeah, I think I'm just going to have these guys hang out and just live their life. Yeah, I mean, um, they are your while we stand. If you go anywhere, I'll just, that will cost you 15. Yeah, I don't want to lose a 15. Yep. 100%. I don't, I don't want you to lose 15 either, man. I just want us to have a good game. Oh, totally, man. Totally. I'm loving this game so far. It might also surprise you to know this. Steve Batos, the player on the other side of the table when everything happened, is still friends with TJ. In fact, at the recent LVO when TJ needed somewhere to put his small display board, it was Steve Batos that made room for him. So if he's not angry, and the TO at the event is not angry, and one of the most experienced judges in the United States is willing to speak up for TJ Lanigan. Maybe there's something in that. Maybe. I feel like, look, I, I promised you we'd get on to other stuff and uh, I appreciate we've had a, a chance to talk about that. I hope, man, I hope that it's given people something to think about, that people who had previously vilified or jumped on a bandwagon or maybe added a comment without thinking about it too hard, I hope that people will have a chance to maybe re-examine where they've been at with this. If they haven't, you know, then uh, the only thing I would tell them to do is just don't get Steve in trouble, you know. Don't uh, don't go crazy on him, <laughs> you know. I uh, Leave it to me. It's fine. You can blame it on me. It's no problem at all. But, uh, you know, I 
tell everybody who's, you know, trying to help me out and things like that. I, you know, I was on some frontline articles uh, recently before I went to LVO. And, you know, I basically have been telling everybody, are you sure? You sure? Are you 100% sure that you want to have me on or you want to write this article about me or you want to do an interview with me? Because, you know, I want to make sure that they're okay and they don't get, you know, um, they don't take the flack for this. You know, it's not, it's not on them. So that's yeah. all I'll say. I'm all the way over in New Zealand. If people want to come and give me a hard time, that's a very long and very expensive flight. <laughs> Let's talk about how you got into this hobby. So, uh, you know, way back to the beginning, how, where, when did you decide this game was for you in the first place? In middle school and, uh, I was really into star Wars. You know, I was reading all the books. I think I was reading the Thrawn trilogy at the time, the original Thrawn trilogy. And I was really into it. And my buddy, uh, at the time was like, Hey, you know, um, I have this video game. That's just like that. And I was like, Oh yeah. Awesome dude. So he got me into Warhammer 40K Dawn of War, the original. And we probably played that for, I don't know, like six months or something like that. And I was really into it. And my buddy again was like, hey, man, you know they make like real miniatures for that. They actually have a game. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah. And I was hooked. That was it. Uh, I went to the store. And I talked to the, the person at the store, and they basically explained the different, um, the different races. And, you know, um, appreciate shop owners for doing stuff like this. But, you know, basically explained this is this army strength, this is this army strength. And, you know, uh, I was a NID guy. I started off with NIDs. I've actually never owned Space Marines uh, like everybody else. And uh, I went straight to, straight to Tyranids. Uh, and uh, I played them for a very, very long time until seventh edition and uh then i got into like the horse heresy books and stuff like that and i was like man i really like chaos so went over to chaos never looked back yeah yeah it's interesting you're um you i know that you love nids because you've got plenty of pictures of nids around um, but you are the lord of chaos right so chaos is it's kind of what you've become best known for which means that you ca- you became probably really well known through eighth edition is where you you must have really picked up that level of of being involved in, in tournaments and so on. Yeah. Eighth edition was a, was a good year for, was a good addition for chaos. Uh, I played a lot. I had a whole bunch of different lists that, uh, I did well with, um, you know, uh, and, uh, overall, you know, I had a great time with them. You know, I, I still love chaos. They're just, uh, not in the best spot right now, but <laughs> soon we will get it. We'll finally get our codex and then we will be, we'll be triumphant again. So we'll be back, you know, but uh, yeah, yeah, twenty twenty five is going to be great. <laughs> How did you end up playing for Canada? I go to Canada for a lot of the tournaments that they have there, and uh, I know a lot of the guys from the team. I'm really good friends with, uh, you know, uh, Chris Haynes, which is the the coach for uh, Team Canada, and uh, Scary, who's the assistant coach, and uh, basically we you know, talk through some stuff. And at that time I was doing well in the circuit and, uh, went in a whole bunch of events and, and, you know, um, you know, representing myself well. And we had talked about, you know, them making a team for Canada and I really wanted to join. And, uh, I, I was honestly looking to join uh, team America at the time. And I talked to Sean about it. And Sean was basically like, Hey man, you know, if someone else has you an offer, I would take it. I was like, okay, great. You know, that's like the closest to an okay that you're going to get. So I was like, all right. So I went out for a couple more events and eventually they were like, Hey, you know, we really like your energy. We really like you, you know, who you are. You fill some, you know, some, some gaps that we have. And, uh, you know, I went with them and uh, we won best sportsmanship that year, which was awesome. It was such a great event. I learned a ton of stuff as a player um, and, you know, as a person, you know, we were there, you know, you go early. So we went to England first and we met, you know, some of the elements of team England and we, we hung out for a couple of days and I really got to know those guys really well. So I had a great time. It was uh, probably one of the best trips I've ever had 40 K related or otherwise. So. It, it must be amazing. I, I, you know, we, uh, 
I was part of the Team New Zealand setup, and we were supposed to get there a couple of years ago, but of course COVID hit, we never got to go. But the idea of going away with a bunch of friends, essentially, uh, and, you know, other people who have the hobby in common, and going to some interesting part of the world and just playing 40K and being part of a team, it's got to be a great experience. Yeah, it was great. Um, it was a fantastic time. Uh, I, all my opponents are great. I learned a lot about my teammates. You know, um, some of them I were not. I was not close until after the event, but we had a great time. You know, um, and uh, it's just a different experience just to see how other countries play the game and how their thought process works um, with with how you know because the way that people from uh, America play is different than you know. Than the, than the way people play in, you know, Scotland or Ireland. So it's crazy just to watch how, you know, we talk about this sometimes in, in podcasts and other things, how the meta, you know, things are working in this meta and things are working in this meta, but it's so crazy to see all of them together and just how that looks yeah. uh, as a whole. So uh, I wanted to ask about um, getting into the coaching and content creation. Was it through the Art of War, guys? Was that your first introduction to sort of coaching and writing articles and that sort of stuff? Yeah, yeah. Um, they were great, you know, uh, Nick and uh, Nick and his crew. Well, at the time, it was actually just me, Nick, and Matt Root, um, who, like, really started it off. And, uh, you know, we, they had, had Nick added some more people on later. You know, and it, obviously it's where it's at now. Uh, so we d- I did that for a while. I did that for almost a year. And eventually, uh, you know, we got to a point where I kind of spoke to Nick and I was like, hey, you know, it's really good for the guys in Florida. You know, you guys get to do a ton of videos and stream sessions and stuff like that. But it's not really viable for me because I don't live in Florida. So, you know, I was like, I want to do my own stuff, you know my own coaching, my own, uh, my own clinics and things like that. So then I started, uh, up my Patreon with the, the Lord of chaos and, you know, I do content on there and I do private coaching and stuff like that. How's that, how's that working out the coaching and things, uh, and the content creation? Uh, I feel like making a living out of this would be the ultimate goal, wouldn't it? I mean, that would be surely that's what you've got in mind as the, as the eventual aim. Yeah, that would be amazing. Um, I don't want to say that um, last year's events definitely colored my uh, experience with uh, coaching and my success with coaching and things like that. But uh, I can't tell you that has been a positive for me. So it it went to a very low point for a while. Um, But uh, I love doing it. I love teaching people how to get better at this game. Just people's understanding on how a trick works or how a strategy, a strategy works or how their way of play can be successful is such a great thing to see on someone's face. Like, you know, the recognition that someone understands just what they've been taught. Now they get it, you know, that moment where their lights, you know, the, the lights in their eyes are up and they understand what's going on is such a great experience. And, um, I love doing it. Yeah. One more thing I have to ask before you go away is this. Uh, everywhere you go, you wear a suit and tie. We see you at tournaments with a suit and tie. With a, well, with a shirt and a tie. So where does that come from? Why? You know, I just like to look good, you know. Uh, <laughs> I feel good looking good. So, I mean, you know, uh, that's really what it is. I guess I grew up in New York, so a lot of fashion and stuff like that. And it just kind of it felt right, I guess. Yeah. And it's, it hasn't become a lucky thing. It's not a matter of you do well with the tie-on, so you're reluctant to take it off. There's no superstition involved? No, I mean, I wear, when I'm not playing 40K, I wear a shirt and tie. Uh, yeah. Not at work. Uh, okay, so what's next then? What's what's the next thing for you? You've been to LVO. That's kind of got you back out there. You're, you've been back to a big tournament. What are you, what are you looking at for 2022? Is it, is it the year of redemption and fresh starts? I mean, I hope, right? I, I just, I hope. I'm going to continue going to events. I'm going to make sure that people have a good time, and uh, I'm going to try to just try just play the game I love on a competitive level, and uh, let that be what it's what it is. You know, I'm not looking for anything. You know, um, it you know would be nice to uh, to get some wins under my belt. And I'm going to practice real hard to get those wins. But if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Uh, what I'd like to happen this year is just 
you know, have some fun, put out some more content, you know, um, get some more tournaments. I went to a lot last year, uh, like a ton of tournaments. I was going to RTTs and GTs almost every weekend. So I'd like to keep up that pace, although it is quite uh, blistering. Um, and, uh, you know, like I said, if I can just make five people, the five, only the five people, and, and the judge, you know, the head judge, five people and the person who was judging the event go, you know, I would have my event again. I didn't have any problems with them. Everything was fine. That's it. That's all I want, you know. Um, oh, and I want my Space Marines to get, my cast Space Marines to get two wins. That would be great. <laughs> yeah, I really they're... enjoy that. My sincere thanks to TJ Lanigan. I know a lot of the conversation that we had was very difficult. I also want to thank Brian Horton and Dominic Metzger and Steve Batos for helping me put all of this together. If you liked the episode, please check out the rest of the series for conversations with some amazing guests. They're all at 40kgamechangers.com. You can go check us out on Facebook as well. Give the page a like to find out who's coming up, make any suggestions, make any comments. I'm a little nervous about putting that one out there at the end of this episode, but hey, I'll take any criticism and comment you have. Thank you so much for listening and making it all the way through to the end. Until next time, I'm Steve Joel. And this has been 40K Game Changers.